Hey guys, what's going on? Joe McCall, REI in your car. Glad to be with you guys. I was thinking about something the other day and I thought I'd share it with you. I was going through an old notebook and this, I, I go through phases, right, where I am writing my notes on paper and then I write them in Evernote or I'll write them on the notes app in Apple <laughs> or I'll carry my iPad around all the time and I'll write with the Apple pen into like notability or something like that so one of these days I'll figure it out and just keep it all like in one place right that would be nice so I was going through though an old paper notebook that I had and this was way back from 2006 I just so you know my story a little bit I, my background is in civil engineering. I went to, was raised in Southern California and went to Iowa my junior year in high school, okay? If you want to talk about culture shock, we can talk about that sometime. But I went from San Diego to Des Moines, Iowa, my junior year in high school, and had to make a lot of all my new, fr all, all my friends, um, I mean, I had to make all new friends. Which I think maybe explains a lot of why <laughs> I'm not maybe, uh, I'm, I'm socially inept a little bit maybe. So I, after, after high school, went to community college and I knew I wanted to be an engineer. So I took a lot of pre-engineering classes at this community college. I actually went to then a, uh, went to a Bible college for two years. And then I decided, all right, I'm going to get my engineering degree. And I went to Iowa State University and got my civil engineering degree. Met my wife, got married my senior year in college. My Actually, my last year of college. I went to college for like seven, eight years or something like that. <laughs> because I uh, was working full-time while I was going to school. And so some semesters I took fewer classes than normal. But anyway, finally graduated in the year 2000. Got a job in Kansas City. Moved from... Des Moines, Iowa, down to Kansas City to work with a really big company, and it was really cool at first, but man, something was nagging at me, pulling on my heartstrings, like, I don't want to be in corporate America, right? Everybody wants to climb the corporate ladder and not thinking about where, what the ladder is actually leaning on, right? And I thought, I saw middle management, the guys that I was probably going to be someday, and I was thinking, I don't want to do what they do. I know how much money they make, and it's not that much, and they work twice as hard as I would, I do now. So if you look at the hourly wage, they probably make the same amount of money that I do with a lot more pressure and stress. And they have a cubicle, like, with tall walls. <laughs> and I'm in a cubicle with short walls, so middle managers, they get cubicles with tall walls and doors. Like, wow. And then the executives get windows like an office with a window with real walls and I, I just don't want that I'm not interested so a couple years later got a job with a large general contractor in St. Louis moved to St. Louis and during that transition when I was actually the, the first company I was at they sent me out to California for a job and I was starting to get really interested in real estate investing this was 2001 and I started reading and studying about real estate, started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
So this has all been going on in my mind for quite a while. Thinking about real estate, I had a friend in Kansas City at the time who was doing a lot of the Russ Whitney classes, right? Now, whatever you feel or think about Russ Whitney, his organization put out a lot of really, really good educational material and courses. So I would borrow his courses or I'd buy them on eBay and I'd study them. And they were really good stuff. In fact, I still, just a few months ago, I was referencing one of those old courses. And um, so I was studying real estate like crazy, buying a lot of books. It wasn't until 2005, 2006 that I bought, I was living in St. Louis, and I started buying um, some houses, and I started investing in my education. And so I was looking then in this notebook, and in the notebook that I had, I saw notes from 2006, and this is when I signed up for coaching, and I paid about $12,000 for this coaching program. And I remember it was a big, big deal, right? Twelve grand's a lot of money. And I put it on a credit card. My wife was part of the decision. I mean, she we actually had a conference call with the guy selling the coaching, and we both agreed that we could do it. And I was 100% convinced that if I did what they told me to do, I could get the money back in 6 to 12 months. So my wife is awesome. She was supporting me very supportive and we decided to go ahead with it and do it so let me just pause right there for a minute I, I think it's really important whenever you decide to invest in your education that you get your spouse's support and backing if your spouse is going to freak out <laughs> uh, then you shouldn't do it okay it's just not worth it it's, I promise I, trust me it's not so my wife was really cool and you know, it was a big step of faith for both of us. And I got the materials. I started going through it all. And I was a good student. I would study and study and study. You see where I'm going with this now? I went on all the calls. And every call, they would give us assignments and tasks. And none of it was that complicated. But looking at my notes, I'd see the tasks. And I realized this is the same stuff I'm telling my clients, my students, to do today. Like... Make offers, <laughs> like talk to five sellers a day, like go out and network and build your team and find some realtors and and uh, just make offers. So make a short story long, after going through this course, I mean the coaching program lasted I think six months, and after that six months they were still available to help me with calls whenever I needed it, so when I'd call them and stuff like that. And I didn't make any money. And I remember getting really frustrated, but I was smart enough to know that it's not their fault. It's mine. I mean, they like gave me good stuff, but at the same time, I would still kind of complain. I'd feel really stupid. Like, why didn't I make that money back? You know, and it's all on credit cards and we're paying these this now. And it's like, oh, you know, and my wife was wondering what was going on and to see this credit card bills. And um, so I kind of felt like a loser. <laughs> and looking at those notes I can see why it wasn't the coaching program it wasn't the fact that it, one of the things I complained about was the guru that sold it and I won't say who it was like it wasn't even him that was doing the coaching he like just outsourced it to another company now he would do once a month he would do large group coaching calls and um, so I could ask him questions on the large group calls but like, it wasn't even him doing the coaching. It was another company. So I kind of complained about that a little bit. And uh, I was complaining that 
it's too hard and I, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. I always had excuses. And uh, so it wasn't until fast forward about three or four, three years that I finally got my butt in gear. And I said to myself, all right, enough is enough. And I'm going to just buy one more course, right? And I bought Chris Chico's virtual wholesaling course and I bought Steve Cook's. I couldn't just buy one. I got Steve Cook's uh, wholesaling houses for fast cash and Chris Chico's virtual wholesaling courses. And I said, I am just going to implement what these guys say. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to change it. I'm just going to do what they say. So guess what happened? When I started doing what they said to do, I started making money. I started doing deals. And I was so excited because after spending thousands and thousands of dollars in education, like tens of thousands of dollars on education for real estate, it wasn't until I just said, doggone it, I'm going to do what they say to do. <laughs> and I was looking at these notes, right, from 2006. This is three years before I finally was able to quit my job. And looking at the notes, so every week we'd have a group call, and I remember the coach. I wish I could remember his name. I'd love to reach out to him and talk to him. This is a guy that was in Salt Lake City, Utah. You know, I think he did deals. He said he did, right? But... I remember every week at the end of the call, he would give us an assignment and tell us, okay, now just do these three things. And it could be find a hard money lender. It could be like write some letters and send some letters and make some offers. And every week, the first thing you would ask everybody was, all right, so who did their tasks? Who did their assignments? And when I say everybody, there's maybe only 12 people on these calls. Each group has about 12 people in them. And every time, like nobody did what they were supposed to do and I remember him thinking or saying things like I could hear him sigh <sighs> okay so um, nobody did their work you know <laughs> like there was dead silence it was embarrassing I was like uh he said all right so then he would teach something and then open it up for questions and sure enough then everybody had questions and it was all these what if anticipatory questions like what if this happens or what if that happens and looking at these notes, they were so simple, simple, simple things like just contact a realtor, uh, tell them you're interested in buying some houses, you're an investor, and start making offers. And like, look for properties that need work and send, just make an offer and send it through your realtor. Or if if your realtor doesn't want to send you the offers, just email the listing agent and just, or call the listing agent and just make an offer on the phone. And all you need to do, guys, is just make like three offers. So that's your assignment for the next week. Just make three offers. And they would teach us how to make the offers. You take the after repair value and you multiply that by 70%. You subtract some repairs. And this is how you quickly estimate repairs. And they told us everything that we needed to do. It was no excuse for not doing it except fear. I was just afraid. Like, what if this doesn't work? Or if it wasn't that, it was like, well, what if this does work? Then what do I do? There was all these unknowns, and it just scared me to death. I remember thinking, this is really good, I'm excited, I like learning this stuff, but how on earth am I going to do it? And, you know, maybe the, maybe part of the fear was like, okay, what if the realtor says yes, or what if the realtor gives me an objection, or what if I send this letter out and I get too many calls, or I don't get any calls, and or if they ask me this question, what am I going to say? And even though this was a large group coaching organization, a big program, I could have called 
they had a support line, right, where you can call at any, any time. And it was housed, it was answered by people that were actually doing deals. So if I would have had a seller or a realtor that says, yeah, we got a deal for you, or maybe this would work, I could have called them and gotten help and support. So my, I had zero excuses. At the time I was making them, maybe what I should do is look up that notebook again and look at some of those tasks. But I just wanted to encourage you guys, some of you are in that same boat right now. You've been investing in education and you don't have anything to show for it. And it's a little discouraging. And it's tempting to want to blame the coach or to blame the course or to blame circumstances or to blame people around you, your family, a lack of support, to blame your place in society, right? Your social economic economic status, whatever, right? It's so easy and that's just a cop-out. You need to stop blaming other people. And you need to start taking massive action. I just want to encourage you to decide today, decide right now, that I don't understand it. I don't know why that the guru says to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to trust the system. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. And we've already talked about this a hundred times, what you're supposed to do. You should really only be focusing on three things. One, marketing. Number two, talking to sellers. Number three, making offers. And included in that is following up. That's really what this business comes down to. All of the what-ifs, you'll be frozen for the rest of your life if you feel like you have to answer all your what-ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? Or, yeah, but, what about this? Or, yeah, but, I can't do this because of that. Right? So, listen. There are no yeah butters that are successful every successful investor uh has has eliminated yeah but from their vocabulary you just have to learn how to do it eliminate the yeah butters from your life from your thinking and get your head on straight so maybe this is a mindset thing you know looking back yeah i think it was a mindset thing although i don't i'm not sure like i'm not a tony robbins guy or a fan (laughs) of Tony Robbins. So I don't know how to like inspire you and give you a rah-rah and pat you on the virtual back and say, you can do this. I know you can because you're a special. Just visualize it. I, I'm not going to tell you that because I, I don't know. But you just got to somehow say, all right, enough is enough. Doggone it. Cuss if you have to. Like use good swear words. And then just say, I'm going to do it. I don't understand this ugly postcard. Why I need to send this stupid yellow letter It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand this contract. Uh, I don't understand this voicemail script or this offer. Or I'm in this expensive market and this 70% of Mayo formula is not going to work for me here. Stop giving yourself excuses. Stop allowing yourself to make excuses and just do it. Just start making massive action. And if you can't afford a bunch of marketing, that's another poor excuse. Very, very poor excuse. So, what do you do? Well, you do all the free stuff, right? You post ads on Craigslist. You do bandit signs. You contact landlords on Craigslist and Zillow. You email realtors. You do post-it notes. And you start delivering them door-to-door in your target neighborhoods. You know, um, a good friend of mine, Tom Kroll, I've interviewed him on the podcast before. He talks about progress, not perfection. And that's so true, right? It's all about imperfect action. Because it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to get it all right. But just making forward progress is makes all the difference in the world. Building that momentum of 
just taking action and making offers and uh, refusing to let yourself make excuses. And that guy, Tom Kroll, by the way, is just, he's one of the best real estate coaches I've ever met. Uh, he's so good at helping people do their first deal because he keeps it so simple and he makes them, he forces them to focus on the simple everyday things and just doing that, just executing on those basic simple things consistently day in and day out and you'll have success, right? So again, I've talked about it before. Maybe I'll do it in another podcast, like my first deal. I, I, I couldn't have tripped over myself any worse. And in spite of all my mistakes, I did this deal and made $12,000 on it. But I just did what Chris Chico said to do. He said to send these postcards. He said to send it to this list. He said to use this voicemail script. He said to use this contract. And uh, it's just a blind leap of faith, all right? So trust the system, guys. Take that blind leap of faith and it'll work for you. It'll just refuse to quit, refuse to give up. All right, don't let yourself make excuses. Cool. All right, so I'm almost at uh, the place where I'm going, and uh, I think that's it for now. Take care, guys. See ya.